Good morning. Thank you for joining us for this Tuesday edition of Face the Truth, the weekday podcast of the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas. As always, I count it a great honor to have you listening, and I trust that today's episode will be a blessing to everyone who tunes in. I am so excited about having church tonight. I certainly hope that you're planning on joining us, if at all possible. Church is extremely vital to our Christian walk. I cannot stress that enough. If you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you know that one of my concerns during the lockdown has been that people might develop a casual attitude about coming to church. I've worried that some might get the idea that church attendance is an option. I was afraid that once we came back, there might be those who would end up picking and choosing which services they wanted to attend and perhaps just stay home and listen online out of convenience. I certainly hope no one has developed those kinds of feelings about coming to church. If we're having service, the only reason you should be staying home is if you're sick or you have a genuine concern about catching the virus due to you or someone in your home being in one of the high-risk categories. I've said it before, but I say again, if you have no problem going to the grocery store or any other place of business, then there is no reason why you should not be in church. For those who are sick, running a fever, not feeling well, we respectfully ask that you not come. As much as we want everyone back in church, we do not want everyone being put into a situation that would compromise the health of the rest of the congregation. And I trust that you understand. At our Sunday service, we distributed a set of guidelines which will follow during the various phases of reopening in our state. I thought it might be helpful if I took some time today to go over those guidelines so that everyone who is planning to attend will understand what will be expected. So please bear with me for the next few minutes as I go through these guidelines. First, please understand that these guidelines will apply for all church functions, anything held within the building of the church until further notice. Second, we've listed some attendance guidelines. There are conditions upon being able to attend. If you or someone in your home is showing signs of sickness or fever, please stay home. There are age and health recommendations. Uh, According to the CDC guidelines, members who are 65 and older are recommended to stay home and join the worship online. But I do want to say this, for those who are 65 and older, but are healthy and want to attend church, we will honor their faith and take precaution with them. Now, I I want you to understand that we're not going to turn someone away simply because of their age. However, we do ask that you note the stipulation which says, if you are healthy. We will honor the faith of those who are healthy, who want to attend, but if you're not healthy, uh, 
You have to understand it's no longer a matter of your faith. It's a matter of protecting everyone else. Members and visitors that do not fall within the CDC guidelines for high risk are welcome to join the church family to worship in the sanctuary based upon the current crowd size limitations in place. As it stands right now, our crowd size is only limited to the number of people we can comfortably seat while maintaining the six-foot distance requirement between non-family members. Third, we have listed some cleaning and sanitation guidelines. Uh, First of all, congregational sanitation requirements. When you arrive at church, we ask that you please wash your hands with soap. This is preferable to using hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer may be used as an alternate. Let me just explain that again. What I'm saying is we would prefer that you use soap, but it is permitted for you to use sanitizer. Please sanitize child care and nursery areas after each use. And of course, this would only apply to those who actually use the child care and nursery areas. All microphones and musical instruments must be sanitized at the completion of each service or before transition to another user. And again, this would only apply to those who use the equipment. The assigned cleaning team will sanitize and wipe down commonly touched areas. And we do announce these cleaning teams each week and it is their responsibility to see to it that these areas are cleaned after each service. Now, ladies, if you are not on a cleaning team, please contact my wife. We want you to be involved as much as you'd like to be involved. Fourth, we have listed some congregational guidelines. Uh, First of all, dealing with social distancing and interaction. Families are to follow strict social distancing guidelines of six feet of separation between non-family members. For example, when you enter and exit the building, uh, please try to maintain six feet between you and a non-family member. If you are in the fellowship hall, if you're participating in worship, whatever's going on inside the building, we are asking please try to maintain that six-foot distance. Physical contact is not permitted at this time, such as handshakes and hugs. Uh, Now, we'll deal with praying for the sick in a few moments. But as far as among yourselves, please refrain from handshakes and hugs. I know that's a part of who... uh, who we are. I know it's it's a common thing for us, and I don't want us to lose that altogether. But for now, we are asking that you would abide by these guidelines. When it comes to seating, we are asking that you group with your family. An empty pew needs to be in between non-family members. Please understand that wherever you sit in the congregation, the pew in front of you should be empty. The pew behind you should be empty. So please look at that, consider that when you're finding a place to sit in the service. Our ushers will be happy to help you with that process. 
uh, in the event that seating becomes a challenge um, because of the crowd size, then we ask, please keep your family at one end of a pew rather than just being completely spread out across that pew. And, and that would allow us perhaps to put another family at the end of a pew directly in front of you, but we're still maintaining the six-foot distance. And again, we'll help you to sort all of that out as need be. Children are to be kept near their family and away from other children. It is extremely important that parents keep a close watch of their children at all times. Inasmuch as it has been shown that children can carry the virus without symptoms, they should never be allowed to intermingle with other children or even other adults that are not family members. We do ask that you use sound judgment in your actions and respect the wishes of others as we come together in worship. Now, church, let me tell you, I do not want us limiting or restricting worship in any way. The state's guidelines do allow for what is called brief periods in which people may come in close contact with one another. So, we have no reason to simply remain in our pew if we feel the Spirit moving on us to come around the front, to run the aisles, to dance, to shout, to participate in any other form of demonstrative worship that is a part of our apostolic identity. Don't hold back your worship. We're not going to tell the Holy Ghost that He cannot move in our services. But when you're sitting in the pew, we want to maintain this distance, all right? And when it comes to prayer for the sick, if you want prayer, come on down and we'll pray for you. Uh, We have this stipulation that is offered by the state that allows us these brief moments of interaction. So everything will be okay. Uh, Now, there's another statement on the sheet that says Pastor Riggin or his designee has the right to dismiss any noncompliant attendees. Don't get too worried about all of that. It might sound mean, it might sound harsh or cruel, but really it's just stating what Kansas law has had in place for many years. Kansas law has for a long time said that the pastor of a church has the authority to tell people to leave if necessary. And we're not going to just be telling folks to just get up and go. That's not what we're all about. But we put that in as a way to protect ourselves. If somebody comes in, they're coughing, they're sneezing, they're obviously running fever. I I need to be able to have the ability uh, to either myself or someone I designate to go and kindly ask them, please, we, we are glad that you've come, but please go home, get well, and come back when you're feeling better. And I trust that all of you understand that. This is, this is only if we feel that someone is a threat to our safety or well-being. Then in that case, we will make uh, use of this. When it comes to group meetings, such as studies, uh, youth sessions, music practice, uh, the M&M class, anything like that, any group meetings that are conducted outside of the scheduled services will abide by the same rules set forth for church services. And, and really, all we're doing by this statement is just clarifying that we're going to follow these guidelines regardless of the purpose for us meeting inside the church building. 
Now, that's it. That's the guidelines we handed out on Sunday. Please don't let this list scare you away. We, we don't want for you to be uncomfortable about worship. We really just want any visitors that might come to know we care about their health and well-being. For the most part, there are really only a couple of things that you have to remember. Number one, unless you're worshiping in the Spirit, maintain proper distance from non-family members. Number two, wash your hands. Number three, clean anything you touch. And if you can keep those three things in mind, let's get together, forget about everything else, and just enjoy being back in God's house. Since it will be our first service back, and since I've taken so much time going through these guidelines, I want to use the remainder of today's podcast to remind you of a lesson I taught a few months ago. In December of 2019, I taught a lesson entitled, When Apostolics Assemble. In it, I laid out what I believe to be the fourfold purpose of an apostolic church service. For the sake of those who were not here at that time, and as a reminder to those who were, let me go over those four concepts again. The first purpose in any apostolic service ought to be to glorify God. Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. You, O Lord, are worthy to receive glory. Everything was created for His pleasure. Now, church, we have needs. We have spiritual needs, physical needs, emotional needs. And we should expect to have those needs met when we come to church. But our first and foremost purpose in coming to church ought to be so that we can join with the rest of the body of Christ in glorifying God together. Nothing is more important than that. Our second purpose for coming to church ought to be to reach the lost. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The whole reason Christ came to the earth was to reach the lost. Shouldn't we be doing everything we can to continue his mission? Of course we should. Now, again, this ought to be more important to us than having our own needs met. After all, that is certainly the way the Lord approached it. And by the way, in case you're wondering, the reason I put glorifying God above reaching the lost is because when we truly glorify Him, He will draw the lost. John 12 and 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. While this verse is actually dealing with being lifted up on the cross, I believe the principle of lifting him up in praise and worship applies as well. So if we'll come to church with an attitude, we're here to lift him up and to glorify him, his spirit will draw the lost as a result of our glorifying God. The third purpose behind the apostolic worship service is to edify the saved. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. 
How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation? Let all things be done unto edifying. Now, as I said earlier, we should expect to have our spiritual, physical, emotional needs met when we come to church. The word edify means to build up. It's not wrong to come to church hoping to receive something from God. In fact, if we don't come with that mindset, we obviously lack faith. So even though I said it should not be our first reason for coming, please don't misunderstand my point. It may not be our first reason, but it is still a valid reason. The fourth and final purpose behind an apostolic church service is to contribute to the work. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, so that there be no gatherings when I come. Now, I'm not going to do an in-depth study on giving during this podcast. Suffice it to say, this is a scriptural mandate which applies to all of us. So here we have our fourfold purpose behind a biblically based worship experience. Number one, to glorify God. Number two, to reach the lost. Number three, to edify the saved. And number four, to contribute to the work. Now let me, let me also point out that we should pursue each of these in the order I've presented them. Unfortunately, there are too many times when people get confused and mix up that order. For example, they focus first and foremost on their own edification. And then, if that happens, then they might give God some glory. And if a soul gets saved in the service, that's just an extra benefit. People of God, make no mistake, that's the wrong way to approach a service. Let's glorify God first, reach out to the lost, then see to our edification, and we give to the work of God. One other thing I want to stress is the vital importance of pre-service prayer. Every service, in fact, everything, should always begin with prayer. 1 Timothy 2 and 1, Paul said, I exhort therefore that first of all, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. First of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks. Nothing should precede prayer. Prayer prepares our heart for a proper response to the Spirit of God as well as a proper reception of the Word of God. Hosea 10.12, the prophet said, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. We have an obligation to prepare our hearts for the seed of God's word to be planted deep within it that it might bring about the kind of spiritual results it is sent forth to do. Now, I know it's often difficult for some to get to the midweek service in time for pre-service prayer because of your work schedules, and that is totally understandable. I'd rather you come late than to not come at all. 
But you should definitely put forth every effort to be at pre-service prayer, if at all possible. And everyone ought to be able to make it for pre-service prayer during our weekend services. Saints, it really does make all the difference in how much you'll get from the service and from the preaching when you prepare your hearts for what God wants to do before the service ever begins. Finally, let me also encourage you, put everything you have into the service. The principle of give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, is just as applicable to our worship and our response during the songs and the preaching as it is during the offering. Furthermore, the promise Jesus made concerning this principle goes on to declare that with the same measure that you meet, with all shall it be measured to you again. Did you get that? Another way to say it would be this. The more you put out during the service, the more you'll receive from the service. So let's give it everything we've got. Let's have the best church we have ever had. Let's have the greatest services we have ever experienced beginning tonight. Well, I can't speak for anyone else, but I am anxiously awaiting the arrival of tonight's service. I am expecting great things to happen, even on a Tuesday night. In fact, it is very possible God may just fill someone with the Holy Ghost tonight. Wouldn't that be a great way to reopen the church? I don't mind telling you, and you can probably uh, observe it in the sound of my voice, my faith is high right now. I wouldn't put it past God to just take over during the song service, start healing people, saving people, encouraging people, blessing people, and us not even make it to the preaching. I'm not prophesying. I'm just telling you I've got faith and I'm expecting great Holy Ghost Church. Let's come tonight believing God for exactly that. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Please let me remind you, contact me with your ideas about the frequency of the podcast going forward. If you aren't sure what I mean by that, go back, listen to yesterday's episode. I talked about it then. Also, I want to say once again, we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything you need, please don't hesitate to contact us. Thank you to everyone who sent prayer requests, but let me ask the rest of you, avail yourself of this very powerful tool. Send your prayer requests to prayer at olathatruth.com, prayer at olathatruth.com. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.